afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another episode of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got another wonderful show with an extraordinary guest who I'm looking forward to introducing to you shortly. First, of course, as always, we start off with our little section from my book, Everyday Awakening, which of course you can find at everydayawakeningbook.com. Um, and we're getting pretty far through it. I think we're probably going to finish up the whole book. Uh, I would guess in about four more months, maybe five, but we'll definitely be done before the end of the year. And then I have to figure out how I'm going to start my show after all that. Okay. So let's get to it. So this section of my book is entitled discernment is about feeling it out. Most people think discernment is making the right choice. We use our logical minds to weigh the pros and cons and come up with the best choice. Yet discernment is much more than making rational decisions. It is making decisions on how we feel about a given situation. Often, there is not enough overt evidence to go in a particular direction. Let's say we just met someone and we think they should be a good person because other people have said good things about them. Yet our impression, for no good reason, is that they are not trustworthy. Something just doesn't feel right. Maybe when we shook their hand, we got a chill. Based on this discerning feeling, we think we should walk away. The trouble happens when we second-guess ourselves and start thinking that we shouldn't be judgmental, but should give the person a chance. If we do, what happens? The person turns out to be the creep we felt they were, yet had no backup evidence to prove. Discernment means listening to the feeling our intuitive way of understanding that something is off and taking it seriously. We don't have to know what is off, just that something feels off. Sometimes it can be as subtle as an inflection in a person's voice or a look in their eye, or maybe it's just an energetic hunch. Trusting our feelings is the surest way to improve our discernment. How can you use your feelings to improve your discernment? Now, it, you know, I, I wrote this a long time ago, and, and I kind of used, and I probably would switch it up if I wrote this today, um, and I used sort of a negative case of, of the idea of using discernment, but the opposite is completely true, and this just happened to me this week where I had a, a, a virtual one-on-one -on -one with someone who I just briefly seen at a networking event. And, and I just knew like she was a therapist and, 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 you know, with the work we do, you know, with my wife being a therapist and the other stuff, I just felt like, well, oh, we should, we should, you know, have a one-on-one, -on -one. we should talk. And in chatting with her, I found out that we had a whole slew of things in common and it turned out to be one of my most enjoyable, enlightening, 
connected kind of calls I've had all week. And I had it because I just got that feeling I should connect with her and I listened to it. So the same way we should listen to our feelings when something feels off, we should also listen to our feelings when something feels right. And that's really the key to discernment. And it's being able to feel, and most of the time the feeling is in our bodies, to feel in our bodies when something is right or something isn't. And and it's so funny because in the past it's it's gotten me in trouble when I didn't listen to that feeling, when I ended up going into business with someone who ended up being completely untrustworthy, yet, you know, oh, he seems so successful. He seems like such a great guy. Why, why shouldn't I trust him? And it's really that discernment, that, that being able to tell without knowing, and, and this is the thing that always gets us in trouble because our society is so focused on facts and rationality and using our minds that we forget we're more than just a mind. We're a body, we're a heart, we're a spirit. We have so access to so much more than just our logical minds. And our discernment is using all of that. And, and yes, I'm not saying we should ignore our minds. I'm not saying like we shouldn't be rational. Yet being rational does not mean we cannot also be intuitive. Does not mean we cannot also show up and pay attention and really feel when something feels right for us or not. And again, that feeling can completely go against what everyone else has said. I cannot tell you how many times people have said, oh, Sam, you got to meet this person. They're wonderful. They're this, they're that. And, and, and I hear this from multiple people. And, and, and I meet them and, and something doesn't feel quite right. But because all these people said such wonderful things about them, I'm like, okay, I got to give this person a chance. And then the person ended up, you know, something being off about them. It's happened so many times. So I, I guess this section of my book is all about honoring yourself, trusting yourself. Even when the evidence, quote unquote, might contradict the way you feel, trust your feelings. And indeed, you might just find that the more you trust what you feel, and I'm not talking about emotions, I'm talking about feelings in the body. Is it contractive? Is it expansive? Just paying attention to that. But the more we pay attention to it and the more we actually act on it, and that's really the key, because by acting on it, we're reinforcing that we trust it. Inevitably, in my experience, it just gets stronger, it gets better, 
And then when we use it, it it's more accurate. So that's uh, my section of my book, Everyday Awakening, which of course you can get at everydayawakeningbook.com. That section is called Discernment is About Feeling It Out. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please you know, if you've gotten the book already, thank you. Uh, if you haven't gotten it yet, or if you have gotten it, like maybe you should get a copy for a friend. It, you know, it could be a very nice gift for people. Um, and and again, we're in major uh, book distributors, so you can go to any bookstore, uh, whether they have it on the shelf or not, and say, hey, can you get that book, Everyday Awakening, for me by Sam Leibowitz? Make sure you use my name. Um, and they, they can order it and get it in. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that. Um, thank you. And now it is my pleasure to welcome to the show founding director, psychiatrist, and author, Dr. Bernard Beitman. Uh, Bernard is a founding director of the Coincidence Project, which encourages people to tell their synchronicity and serendipity stories. His book, Meaningful Coincidences, how and why serendipity and synchronicity happen describe their wide range of uses and explanations. The book serves both as a personal guide to using synchronicities and serendipities, as well as an introduction to the new discipline of coincidence studies. Ooh, that's, and this is the first time I'm really hearing about the idea of coincidence studies, but of course it makes sense. He is the former chair of psychiatry at the University of Missouri in Columbia and has a private practice in Charlottesville, Virginia. His manual, Learning Psychotherapy, received two national awards for its unique interactive training program for psych psychiatric residents. He is internationally known for research in panic disorder and chest pain and has edited several books on how to integrate psycho um, integrate pharma pharmacotherapy and psychotherapy the stories in his first book connecting with coincidence illustrate how meaningful coincidence can be used most in can be useful in most aspects of life welcome to the conscious consultant hour dr byman thank you very much sam uh a pleasure to be here and to listen to your introduction um because you you're almost paraphrasing a section from my book about uh, how to do rationality and intuition. Uh, uh, and what I, what I would apply, what you were saying to synchronicities, to meaningful, to coincidences, is to be able to use rationality and intuition to decide whether or not to act on what that synchronicity is suggesting. Um, the yeah. synchronicities are not commands like somebody telling you to go meet this person, which you're describing about, that's a suggestion that you don't have to really take when you meet that person. Similarly with synchronicities and meaningful coincidences, sometimes stuff happens and it seems like a good idea, but if you learn to trust your intuition, which includes the feelings that you're talking about, which are to me, gut, heart, and mind, still small voice, a feeling of love, compassion, and kind of like a feeling you get from your gut. Those are three different aspects of what you're talking about. But you need to learn learn how which ones to pay attention to. And rationality helps refine which ones of those sound right at the moment to respond to yes or no. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. 
Um, so I'm just curious, because I always like to get a little bit of, of sort of background information. Um, how did you go from uh, sort of someone who is uh, an expert in, in panic disorders and chest pain and, 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 and psychopharmacology to, to somebody who, who's like dedicating his life to studying uh, serendipity and synchronicities? I, I've had a lot of meaningful coincidences in my life. And as you know, and what you just wrote about, uh, all the stuff we do comes from our own experience, and we try to yeah. generalize it to other people. So I've had a lot of, a lot of meaningful coincidences uh, on the football field, playing baseball, uh, and developing the coincidence project, uh, and many, many other things. So I've had a lot of experiences with them, and the panic disorder, chest pain thing gave me a research basis for doing research in coincidences. I learned how to do academic research, having 40 papers on chest pain and panic disorder. The pharmacology helped me understand the mind and brain relationship, psychotherapy, pharmacotherapy, and psychotherapy helped me understand the process of interpersonal relationships, which are so critical a part of synchronicity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. So I want to dive into that a little bit more, uh, your background, and maybe you can tell us some of the synchron, the, the, uh, uh, more impactful synchronistic events that happened to you that kind of led you down this path. And then we'll get into actually what the book is about and, and how to recognize, interpret and act upon the, these kind of synchronistic events. Okay. Excellent. Wonderful. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on talkradio.nyc, all over social media. And you can hear us on KMET in Palm Springs, California, uh, 1490 on the AM dial, uh, 10 AM on Wednesday mornings. So everyone, please stay tuned. We'll be right back with our guest, Dr. Bernard Beitman, in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour to Dr. Bernard Beitman, author of the book, Meaningful Coincidences. So, so Dr. Beitman, you, you mentioned before the break how, you know, as with most things, uh, this, this sort of passion for studying synchronicities and serendipities kind of came out of your own personal experience. So I'm wondering if you might be willing to relate to us you know, what kind of things started to happen that sort of made you pay attention and say, oh, maybe I should pay attention to this? Because it's not something that that most people normally pay attention to or, or make it a focus of their life's work. And that's precisely why I wrote the book, is to encourage people to pay attention to them. Um, and te- I intend to help people see that meaningful coincidences are normal. They're really much more common than you think, but we're not taught to look for them. So somebody's got to tell you or an event has to happen to you as you're implying. And so the events that happened to me uh, uh, started with uh, when I was eight or nine and my dog got lost. Uh, I came home. I said, hey, Ma, where's Snapper? And she said, I don't know. Why don't you go to the police station? Maybe they know. And uh, what a thing to say. And I keep wondering why she said it. Uh, Well, I went to the police station, they rode my bike, and they didn't know where he was, and I started crying when I left um, uh, the police station. Instead of going back uh, the usual way, uh, I went some other way because there were tears in my eyes, and I look up, and there's a dog walking towards me the way Snapper walks, and it was him, and he jumped up on my leg, and as if to say, what took you so long? He had to make four different turns to get where we met each other. I just had to make one turn to get there. So it, it just, I was a boy who needed his dog, and boy, did I need my dog, and that was one of them. Uh, and my father bought me, brought Snapper home for me, because uh, he knew I needed one. Uh, so my the next big one for me was um, San Francisco, 1973. Um, I was standing over a sink at 11 a.m., 11 p.m. San Francisco time, and I was choking, and I couldn't stop it. I, oh. I never choked like that before. Something was in my, but I hadn't eaten anything. And it, something was in my throat, and uh, my I, my brother called the next day. Uh, it was February 27th, 1973, and said that our father had died. 3,000 miles away in Wilmington, Delaware, and he, he had died choking on his own blood uh, at 2 a.m. Uh, Wilmington, Delaware time. So 11 p.m., 2 a.m., the same time I was choking, he was dying, choking to death. And I tell this story to, as, a, as a memorial to my father, uh, as well as it got me very curious, does this happen to other people? And indeed it does. 
this is a not uncommon human experience to feel the pain of a loved one at a distance. And so I gave it a name, simulpathity. And those are the two of the many uh, experiences that got me into studying uh, meaningful coincidences. Mm-hmm. At what point, though, did you actually decide, because obviously you've done many things over your career, what point did you decide, like, oh, I'm I'm really going to make this the focus of my work, like not just something I'm looking at on the side, but something that's like, this is going to be the main area that I want to really look at? Well, it, it, it happened um, that I also was chairman of psychiatry at the University of Missouri, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd had enough of being what I've been studying, chest pain, fantasy, or psychotherapy, I wanted to study what I had experienced so many times since my dog got lost and we found each other. I wanted to study it. And the simple way a science to study something is saying, well, okay, if it happened a lot to you and you hear other people, does it happen to other people a lot? So I developed a valid and reliable scale, a survey called the Weird Coincidence Survey and gave it to more than a thousand people at the University of Missouri, Columbia, to Mm -hmm. see if they experienced any of these 10 coincidences on a regular basis, like from no to very frequently to yes, sometimes and sometimes a lot. And uh, we got a lot of people telling us they experienced this simulpathity, this experience of the pain of a loved one at a distance, as well as several others. And I can, and, and some of the more common ones are, and it probably happens to you, I hear it all the time now, I think of someone and they call me, yeah. or they contact me. That is like, that's happening more, I think. I'm hearing that more often than I had, did 10 years yes. ago. It's not, oh yeah, that happens to me regularly. Another mm-hmm. one is being in the right place at the right time to further my educational goals or my job. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a very common one too. And the third common one is, I think of an idea and I have it answered by the media or I hear somebody saying it over there or I read it in some random book. And these are common meaningful coincidences. So, so from that basis, I got more confident that I could study meaningful coincidence in a scientific way. I imagine at the time, and this was about how long ago that you that this you started. Two thousand six is when I first put together the weird coincidence survey. The first papers came out in two thousand nine and two thousand eleven. I imagine at the time. Um, your your uh, colleagues might not have looked upon it um, quite so favorably. You know, that's been a surprise. Um, after I published uh, the first one, the first, I, I was editor of a particular edition of a journal called Psychiatric Annals. Mm-hmm. I got three psychiatrists wanting to use the Weird Coincidence Survey to oh. study people in their populations. Wow. Uh, so that was a surprise. And one of them was like a guy who studies near-death experiences. And he asked people before and after your near-death experience, what was the frequency of your experiences of these coincidences? And they all reported that after the near-death experience, they saw many more weird coincidences. So I've been surprised that the, the, the most critical um, stuff I get is from uh, using um, 
uh, one of the uh, the uh, AI chatbots uh, <laughs> called you 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 dot com, and and they get you dot com gets kind of critical of it. But <laughs> that's funny. Colleagues, I'm I'm going to be uh, doing a course. In inter, for an integrative medicine group from Andrew Weil. You probably have heard of him. Yes. Uh, he's got a big program in Tucson. And uh, next month, I'm going to be doing uh, synchronicity in medicine with uh, his alumni, uh, a webinar. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get it out into medicine. And I'm not I'm not getting as much criticism as you might think. I just get people who just don't want to hear about it. And, and mm. But if you start asking doctors as well as many other people to tell you coincidence stories. And I bet you got a couple yourself, Sam. Yeah. Uh, a lot. We, we all experience them, but they don't get the chance to talk about it together. And my book, Meaningful Coincidences, makes this whole murky area clearer so that when people mm. experience them, they can see the science beginning to grow behind it and believe yeah. there's, there's something to them. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny. I actually just just had this conversation the other day with someone that you know we tend to be a little shy about sharing strange experiences that happen to us because we think other people will think we're crazy. But then once we do, then like, oh wow, like I had this weird experience too. And it's sort of like once you make it okay to talk about, then suddenly all kinds of people start uh, d- telling you things. And and it's so funny. I was just talking about this the other day with someone. Um, but but I find that it's really true that. Actually, if you ask most people, most people have had some kind of coincidence, some kind of synchronicity, something that's happened in their life that at the time they were like, what? Um, but they don't want to say anything to anybody because they think other people are going to think they're crazy for talking and I, about and it. I, and I get to say, I'm a psychiatrist, so I get to decide what's crazy and what's not. And that's the way I start <laughs> off my book. And with that, Sam, there still are a lot of people who are isolated in their experiences. So I've created the we I've created the coincidence cafe. And if oh. this coincidence cafe is an online every third Saturday of the month, 11 a.m. Eastern time on Zoom, where we tell each other coincidence stories. So people are just so happy to find us. Mm. And I think that will happen with people listening to us. If they want to find the coincidence cafe. They can go to my website, coincider.com, C-O-I-N-C-I-D-E-R.com, or put my name in the search engine, Bernard Beitman, and and send me an email, and I will connect you to the Coincidence Cafe. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, and we'll make sure that you you give that out again at the end of the show for for everyone listening. Um, We just got about a minute or two before our next break. at what point did you decide um, you should write your first book, Connecting with Coincidence? Like, what was it that made you say, I- I've got to publish? Because I've accumulated so many stories. Hmm. And that book was really an, a, a kind of preliminary to coincidence studies. I wanted to see the stories myself and see where I could, how I could gather them in an organized fashion and get some idea about why they might happen. So it was a, a series of case studies 
that allowed me then to do this next one, Meaningful Coincidences, where I could organize my experience of writing it and hearing more stories. I have a podcast too, where I interview people about their own stories. So I accumulated a lot more information and got a lot more input from different people and created the Coincidence Project with a board or a nonprofit so that I knew what I knew. I had it down. I could now describe the new field of coincidence studies. Oh, cool. And, and what's the name of your podcast, just in case any of our listeners are interested? Connecting with Coincidence. Connecting with Coincidence. Okay, we'll make sure that that gets into the show notes today. Um, all right, wonderful. So, so we'll take a quick break and then uh, let's come back and talk really about, you know, the, the heart of your work. Um, uh, you know, how do we use these synchronistic events and how do we determine whether to listen to these synchronistic events or not? Because that's really the key, right? We don't have to listen to all of them. And if we listen to the wrong ones, it could get us in trouble. As you said right from the beginning, Sam, you were on my wavelength. I was on yours with what you read today. It, 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 and to me, this is the biggest coincidence of all. I'm just going through reading these little sections of my book one by one since I started probably over a year ago. And somehow the section I read is always so perfect for whoever the guest happens to be that week. And every single one of them always says, oh, I loved what you read at the beginning of the show. It's so apropos for what we're talking about today. So to me, that's that's a you you could go back over my shows and it's like almost every single one that that's one of my biggest coincidences <laughs> all right so so we're going to come right back in just a moment with with dr Biteman and we're going to really get into you know how to really listen and determine what kinds of synchronicities and and serendipities we should really be paying attention to so everyone please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we'll be right back in just a moment are you passionate about the conversation around racism Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. You may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us.
Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. I, I was just checking the live streams. I see loyal listener Patty checking in on the YouTube live, and I see my good friend Natan checking in on the Facebook live. Thank you all for joining us. I'm sure there's many more of you out there. Please, 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 in case I haven't said it recently, if you're listening, whether it's on a podcasting platform to the recording or you're listening live, please like and share uh, the the episode and make sure you subscribe to our channels. It will really help us to uh, raise the visibility of the show overall and, and get it out there to more people. So, Dr. Beitman, um, l- let's talk about the heart of really what the book is about, Meaningful Coincidences. How do we know when something is a meaningful coincidence to a, let's say, uh, a not-so-meaningful coincidence? Uh, it's uh, the way you started, Sam. Uh, it has something to do with your emotional response to a meaningful coincidence. But let's define a meaningful coincidence. Mm. It, a meaningful coincidence is the coming together of two or more events, usually two, that do not appear to be causally related. And we mm. can't really create an explanation. So your introduction being a paraphrase of my book is an example of that. We don't have a way, we don't have a way of explaining it, but mm. it t- tells us that you and what you're doing with reading your book uh, have me as an example of being in the flow. And being in the flow is a is marked by having lots of coincidences so what you're doing with your reading and with the people who are your guests tells you you're in the flow so you can almost guess there's going to be something that the person you're interviewing has some relationship to what you were just describing so when you're in the flow and have a lot of coincidences then you can say well this next one is probably a decent one but the ones that can't that come out of like nowhere uh, that appear out of nowhere. Sometimes you can just really tell. Like uh, I needed to have some cash for the coincidence project. Uh, we just got we just got uh, we, we just got instituted at the university at the in Virginia as a nonprofit, uh, mm-hmm. incorporated. And there I go to my mailbox, and there's a thousand bucks in the mailbox for the coincidence project. And uh, I find out the, the woman's address and call her and, and and email and we call her and she gives us another 25. 
And for us, that was a big start uh, because um, that's all we, that's about what we had. And that gives us a year's worth. And sometimes they are obvious. <laughs> you have a need and it gets filled. So you don't have to like turn to your intuition. But there are some that are, are questionable. Uh, and there, and should I take this path or not take this path are where what you started off talking about um, is important to be able to know. Uh, should so a person comes to my door uh, uh, canvassing for uh, a local uh, senator uh, who's trying to get elected again, and I start talking with her, and I tell her about uh, the Coincidence Project after we start talking about global warming, and it feels like a good connection. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if it is. And right. so what I, what I had to do was wait to see if she responds. I, I didn't know whether to respond. Uh, I find myself sitting next to uh, ex-president of um, Randolph-Macon University at a lunch randomly, mm -hmm. and we have a great conversation. But should that some should we go someplace with what has just started there? And sometimes you just have to leave it alone and yeah. see what develops. But there are definite times when you meet somebody, and much like what you have described, where it's uh, just amazing that you have this feeling of connection with somebody. And I've had this on the dance floor. I I like to dance and had this amazing connection we were like on the same vibrational level it was the same thing we loved yeah. hugging each other we could just stand there hugging each other for quite a long time but when when her uncle suggested that she live with me because she needed a place to stay my intuition was i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Now it's hard to turn down a good vibe with somebody uh, and then uh, say no. But the the strong feeling in my body, as you were describing, was like no. This and my mind was all like no. So learning to trust yourself is an easy thing to say. It really is an easy yeah. thing to say. It's important. It's a first yeah. step. But learning what to listen to from yourself. Mm. What to which voice is a good one to listen to? Mm. Which voice is not? So I'm by the river here in Charlottesville, and I'm um should I starting starting here thunder? And uh, I said, should I go back to the parking lot or should I go back to where there might be some action or something? Uh, I was to continue on. So I heard a voice in my head, a voice. It was it was a voice that still small voice saying go left, which was away from the parking lot uh, towards something else. Um, and I said, why? And the voice said, you'll see. And it's amazing what happened after that. Uh, uh, I'm standing there listening to a musician I wanted to hear for a long time, but hadn't seen her and had heard about her. A woman comes over to me and says, I hear you don't have a ticket. I've got a ticket I can give you. Come on in. We, I go in. I start talking to this guy. She says, what are you doing talking to him? He's my husband. There were a lot of people there. I pick his husband out, her husband out. And they say, we have dinner together. And they say, let's have a book launch party for you. 
each of them come up with that by themselves. Um, and that's that's to say deciding to listen to the voice and taking a chance. Sometimes you just take a chance on chance. And yeah. it's a chancy thing to take a chance on chance. But the voice was so funny uh, saying, you'll see, I had to go see, I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm curious because I've heard about this. I wonder how much it may have shown up or not shown up in your studies of, of some kind of synchronicity or coincidence happened and the person listened to it, but it actually led them into something very difficult, challenging, you know, not something they would have chosen on their own. Right. Uh, some people, some people take, um, really low probability amazing coincidences as commands mm. they're not signposts but right. even then even then if you wait long enough sometimes that awful thing that awful event that awful decision you made turns out to have been a really good thing to have done so you right. can't tell in the moment uh, sometimes it's awful now. Sometimes it's really good later. Yeah. And involving two people, sometimes it's good for one person and bad for the other person. Right. And sometimes it's, and that reverse, that can reverse. Man. So you don't know at the moment. Sometimes those awful ones can just be plain awful and you lead yeah. you down a wrong path. But sometimes those awful ones do turn out to be much better than you think. Right, right. Even though they're challenging to maybe get through the situation where you end up on the other side, you're actually so much stronger, so much better in certain ways. And you've learned a big lesson that you might not have learned otherwise. Precisely. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, with this new book, Meaningful Coincidence, when did it come out? It came out September 2022, last year. Okay, so about six months ago. And um. And and so what was the real impetus behind this one compared to the first book? Like, what was, what is this one really focused on? I thought I understood the subject better. The first one was uh, more a collection of stories that I was trying to be able to understand the subject. Now, I probably have, this book is probably the most comprehensive book on meaningful coincidences ever written. And it's a continuation of what Carl Jung wrote in his monograph. Uh, came out, it came out in the early 70s. He wrote it in the 50, 1950s. This is what this is. His was the nucleus of what I've got now because I've systematized and expanded on many of his observations. Oh. It, this is a statement, practical as you read earlier, for each person to know these things happen but also a roadmap for how to teach and learn and study meaningful coincidences. Is there a way to cultivate meaningful coincidences? Are there things we can do to help to foster that? Or is it just either they happen or they don't? No, 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 no. Your, your, your question is right on. And you probably know the answer to this yourself. Uh, you, you can cultivate them, but you have to start with, my my dog. You can start with my dog. You got to hit get get hit in the face with it first yeah. before you believe him. Or you read a book like mine, or you hear other people's stories. But the mm. fundamental thing to cultivate them, Sam, 
mm-hmm. is to believe they exist. Mm. You have to believe they exist and believe that they can be useful for you. Yeah. Yeah. And pay attention to them. And pay it. And that means pay attention to the things that you might not have paid attention to around you. Pay attention. They're out there and they're talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Time for us to take our last break. God, the show goes so quick when I have such fascinating guests like yourself. Um, when we Thank come you. back, I really want to talk about the meaning. What does all this mean? What does it indicate to you personally? Um, so everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Dr. Bernard Beitman, author of the book, Meaningful Coincidences, How and Why Serendipity and Synchronicity Happen. And we'll be right back in just a moment to wrap it all up. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. So, Dr. Beitman, there's so much around this topic. I I could talk to you about this for hours. Um, But one of the things I'm always keenly aware of is that we as human beings love to make meaning out of stuff, even necessarily meaning that doesn't always make sense or, or isn't necessarily there. But I'm just curious, you've been studying this for years now. I think you said you started in like 2006. That's like, you know, over 16 years. What do you think all of these synchronicities and these these serendipities, what do they indicate for you personally? Well, I'm a a 
practical guy. Um, and as finding my dog, is, nothing's more practical than finding my dog. And that, that they are continuing to be practical. But I'm also curious about how the world works because I know I, I went to some fancy institutions for education and they didn't tell me something. I knew there was something going on here. And I learned more about that being a part-time hippie on hate street, that there mm -hmm. is a take psychedelics and you can see the world in a different way. Yes. And I saw a lot of synchronicities there. So that they're, they're happening and they tell us about the nature of reality. Uh, not, they're not just personally meaningful, but they're telling us that there's reality out there that we have not really fully comprehend, probably never will, but there's a mystery that uh, makes the meaningful coincidences help clarify. I call, I say that meaningful coincidences are the mysterious hiding in plain sight. And we got to look at these mysterious things hiding in plain sight and try to see what's going on behind them. And what's going on behind them is what a lot of people say that we're all connected. But meaningful coincidences show us how we are connected. They illuminate the mm. invisible currents that connect and unite us, mm. not only with each other, but with the plants and animals of this world, as well as to the earth itself. Meaningful coincidences connect us to what's around us. For example, the microbiome in our soil Mm -hmm. is the, almost the same as the microbiome in our GI tract. Yes. Uh, same, micro, you know that. And that's a connection that looks like a coincidence, and we can't explain it, but it shows that we can make some guesses, but shows how we are connected to literally the earth. Yes. But what I'm trying to do, and what you're helping me be able to do, Sam, and I so appreciate uh, being on your show, is being, is is taking this idea of connection through meaningful coincidences, serendipity, synchronicity, and connect humanity, help people find the kinds of coincidences that they share with other people by developing an app that categorizes coincidence patterns and putting people together with the kinds of coincidences they experience because we're all unique in the way we experiencing them. And younger people right there at Columbia University, right around the block from you someplace, yeah. Yeah. are studying synchronicity and they know it. And what they also know is that us older people are giving them a planet that's in distress. Mm -hmm. and we are the ones responsible for it, but the older people are not as driven as the mm -hmm. younger people to do something about it because they're inheriting what we're yeah. doing. So I'm trying to get to younger people as well as older people who want to do this to unite as a collective human organism because we mm. can be part of one in an organized way and start to mitigate the global warming that we are creating for our next generations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm very happy you, you brought it up because it's something that um, I am much more acutely aware of these days. And and a lot of um, uh, deep thinkers that I follow talk about it a lot. 
and there's almost in a way this kind of insanity of humanity where we're not taking it seriously enough and we're not doing enough to to mitigate what's happening with our environment and it just it's it's it just doesn't make sense it's just so like uh, a self-destructive um be, because whether you believe climate change is caused by humans or not the kinds of things we need to do that science is telling us we need to be doing we should be doing anyway whether you believe the cause or not it doesn't matter these are still things of 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 you know recycling reusing uh, coming up with sustainable technologies and regenerative uh, energy generation and and stop using so much plastic and and stop polluting the air i mean it just makes the world a healthier world for all of us why not because we don't like changing our patterns of behavior yeah. and what i and all those things you list including the insect apocalypse going on right now too yes and yeah. then other things that i want us to see that we truly are part of this this world yes that, that we are that meaningful coincidences that connect my mind to your mind show us that w- my mind is not so separate from yours right. that my right. mind is not so separate from the trees that i can communicate with when we start to not just know what to do right. and not just know we're connected but we experience the connection with other people and plants and animals we feel they are part of us and they are part of us synchronicity helps us experience those things so that's why i am trying to put the idea of meaningful coincidences into global consciousness mm. by having people experience them and talk about them with each other so they can know that our minds are connected to our environments that we are not just by ourselves that we can be functioning together as organs in a collective human organism of people working together with what we can do to yeah. make and there's so many people trying to make things better so we can do it in an organized fashion by recognizing yes how we're connected to each other and that we are connected with each other and we each have different capacities and purposes that we can unite synergistically and synchronicity can help us see how those patterns can develop among and between us that help do the things that you are talking about yeah 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 absolutely absolutely and and i just want to briefly mention before we end the show you know you brought up the the idea of psychedelics before and how that helps to open us to it and it's been one of the things i'm extremely passionate about we've i've had many guests have talked about a lot on the show the idea of using plant medicine and and what i like to call indigenous technologies that that help to open us up and show us that yes we we, we have the the sensational experience of what it means to be connected to each other and connected to the earth. And and that's one of the, for me, what I've seen happen when people engage in these ceremonies is almost always they come out with a greater sense of connectedness to the environment, to the planet, and they do start to live a little differently. They do start to change their behavior to be more sustainable. So that's one of the reasons why I'm so 
passionate about that that particular area because I feel it it can support and feed into you know the the same consciousness that that the idea of of seeing all these synchronicities and serendipities coming together also kind of feed they're very much related to each other sam and yeah. and, and in not just doing it by ourselves which is very important mm-hmm. and not keeping developing just our inner self because we have to do that yes but also start doing things together to right. organize that's what the younger people are doing yeah they're they're organizing and they use tiktok to be able to organize mm. and they want to organize connect as you're describing but then do something right. do something together from a higher state of consciousness right right absolutely absolutely and i just want to quickly acknowledge before we finish i see miriam commenting on on the linkedin uh, live stream i've had i've been having a ton of synchronicities this week including a very funny one miriam i'd love to hear about the funny one um so dr byman i really want to thank you for your time where today to come on to the show one more time if people want to learn more about your work and get in touch with you where can they go online how do they find out more if they put my name, Bernard Beitman, B-E-I-T-M-A-N, they're going to come to my podcast, they'll come to my Psychology Today blog, they'll come to my website and email me to, to get on to the, to the Coincidence Cafe and order my book any way you want. Uh, there, if you can get it all kinds of ways and learn about what you can do to think about integrating meaningful coincidences serendipity and synchronicity into your life to help mitigate global warming and to feel much more connected with people. That's a lot more fun that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the website again is coincider.com, C-O-I-N-C-I-D-E-R.com. And his book is Meaningful Coincidences, How and Why Serendipity and Synchronicity Happen. Dr. Byman, thank you so much. Thank you for the work that you do. I really appreciate you. It's been a thrill having you come on the show today. And let's keep in touch. And if you have a new book in the future, we'll definitely have you back on. Thanks, Sam. And look, there's more for us to talk about. So yes, uh, I think I could come back on here and we could still have more conversations. So you think about that too. I'd be glad to come back and join you. You're a very good interviewer. And I appreciate that very, very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, we'll get you back in. Uh, I'm booked up for the year already, so it'll be sometime next year. But thank you so much. So everyone, thank you too to my loyal listeners and everybody interacting on the live streams online. Thank you so much. Please share if you like this episode. Let other people know about it. Thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you all next week. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. 
While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 